audio. Hey, everybody. There it Welcome is. Welcome <laughs> to Whiskey at Work with Rob and Mark and joined by... Mr. Dan Bruner. Hello, Dan. Hello, hello. It's been too long since you've been up here. Why don't you come up here more? I don't know. Why don't I, guess you, I, I don't know either. thought maybe I'd said something that made you mad and I wasn't getting the invite anymore. <laughs> well, obviously, sitting and listening to our conversation before we start, you know that's hard to do, <laughs> to make anybody say, or, you know, to feel bad with things that Rob will say to you, because he's the one that'll do it. Man, so. you got to have thick skin. If you can't take a little of it, you can't dish it out, so. That's, that's, that's how we're starting this podcast, yeah, huh? Well. All right. On, the, on, the, on that foot. Okay. Have you met my friends? I have met your Survival friends. Survival of the fittest, friends. Man, God. Um, what are we drinking? We're drinking uh, some new Riff. This is the Bottled and Bond. Correct. Not the Timmins Market pick, because... Because that was so good that I took it home. You weren't paying attention. But we do have the Ezra Brooks cask strength that came from Timmins Market. That is... I remember this one being... I think I, I, think I did pick up a... I did get a bottle of this, and it was one of the faster ones I finished. It was just... Just spot on. And we were talking a little bit about how many, Dan, you, how many picks you've made so far out at Timmins. How many have you done? So I think between the ones we've picked for Timmins and then with the BRBN picks that we've picked this year, um, 14, Okay, I think is the number. I do want to talk a little bit about the BRBN coming up uh, here in just a bit. Uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with this yet or if this is something that's pretty common uh, around like the country, do you know of other groups that do this similar thing, or is this was this a brainchild of yours where you're like, I'm gonna make this a thing and we're gonna get more? No, it was uh, a group out of Nebraska that I had followed for some time called Corn because okay. it's Nebraska, so why not? <laughs> um, but theirs was Coalition of Retailers Nebraska. You guys are so clever with the acronyms too. And, it's uh, awesome. They. They do something similar to what we set up up here. There's six or eight stores down around the Lincoln, Omaha, Gretna area that they'll pick barrels and then distribute amongst those okay. different retailers. And so I've been kind of kicking the idea around of, you know, who could we partner with up here um, to bring in some of these barrels that, you know, may not want to invest in an entire barrel of XYZ brand right. um, at one location. But if we were able to split it up, amongst a variety of retailers, uh, then we can bring in more variety of barrel picks. Yeah, what a Um, great way to get a lot of different bourbons up here that are are unique, you know, because you guys are sitting down and you guys kind of understand uh, how the whole thing works and what you're you're all kind of looking for, too. I am kind of amazed that you guys can really decide on almost the same thing. Your your tastes must be pretty similar with a lot of these guys then. Yeah, for the most part, I think that we've been able to narrow it down to one or two, and then um, it was a little bit of a coin then toss it's where they were both really for... good, and we don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> that's first rule, don't you know? Um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun picking with those guys, and, and it's been, again, fairly consistent that we either have the top number one or two, and then through discussion or... Trying it with water. Um, <laughs> well, come it on. It opens up, and, and, uh, well, and we're able to come up with a, with a good pick. So. Yeah. Are they generally going after that barrel proof? Because you can, I assume some of these guys can, when you're picking a barrel, you can have it 
brought down to a normal 80-ish or whatever they normally bottle it at or decide that you want the barrel at a higher proof? Is that an option most of the time or no? So most of them that I think all of them that we've picked through BRBN specifically have been cask strength offerings. And I, I think the, the biggest difference is they have to have TTP approval for the labels. Um, and so whereas most groups throughout the nation are picking them at that cask strength, they only have that as the available option. Or it's a standard proof like the Ezra Brooks. Even though it's called cask strength, it's 120 proof, which is the barrel entry proof for that particular line. Explain that a little bit. Explain cask strength. So as long as it is bottled at the proof that it went into the barrel at, they can call it cask strength. Okay. So it's not or whatever Or whatever it came out of the barrel at. Oh, so okay. if it came out of the barrel at 140 and they proof it down to 120, it can still be called cask strength because that was the barrel entry proof. But you said it also going in or coming out. Yep. So right? if, if it loses proof, so it goes in at 120 right. but comes out at 110, it could still be called cask strength because oh, okay. they didn't dilute the product at all at that point in time. But if the dilution takes place, it just can't go below that cask entry proof. So do you, what do you prefer? I like cask strength. <laughs> I should I should have known that. He has or the a, spreadsheet with the with the average proof of the bottles at his house is at 104.8. 104.33 baby. Jesus. <laughs> spreadsheeted it out yeah. to to know what the average and that's I suppose is that a I mean with everything you have is that would that be considered a pretty high average? Really? I mean, you're, you're, you, uh, your barrel picks that you've done at the store kind of skew that a little bit, don't they? Just because they all seem to be. Have you ever had Have you ever had one that's been really good at 90? That you're uh, like, you know. So the George Dickel Dakota Whiskey Territory pick that we did is 93.8. Okay. It's up there in my top five of all picks we've ever done. Really? It's a really, really, really good bottle at that proof point. So why do you think you prefer that stuff that's 110 to 120? In general, it's the the natural flavor, I think, that I appreciate, that it's it's everything that they intended when they made it and, and when it went into the cask and everything they were hoping for. It's just unadulterated, just at that flavor profile, if you will. Um, and for me, that's what I really enjoy when I'm drinking bourbon is just to enjoy it at its purest state. Boy, that's... How, that's, how's that's your hard, liver feel about to, that? It's hard to do. All, every, all things in moderation. I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not sitting down and having five or six a night. Right. I. I I'm. I'm trying. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get there at some point. Rob, you've. You've. You've worked your way up to this, over the past. Yeah, I would I, say year and a half. I'm not searching for, for that like Dan does, and it. it you know. I might have four or five or six a night. So, <laughs> so anything at 115 I, I, is going to be. I don't need anything coming in at a buck 20 very often. <laughs> but I also don't like, I don't generally add any more. I don't really put stuff on the rocks or I don't, I don't add water to it like you do, which is fine. It's just, you know, it's kind of like making a cocktail. If you got to right. add too much stuff to it. You just make a mess and it takes too much time. Well, what I want to talk with Dan about coming up here in a little bit is uh, is some of your upcoming barrel picks that you're going to be doing, because I'm assuming you've got more in the pipeline, don't you? Um, I've got a couple things that okay. are on the on the radar, and then we have one that we've picked that has not yet arrived. Okay. And then I want to talk to you about what you're going to be bringing to Mountain West Whiskey Festival, too, which is just a couple of weeks away. But I saw um, 
and and Rob, I know you saw this story too. That was really kind of interesting, just in in the world of bourbon and in the world of bourbon news. Trying to include this in the podcast, bourbon news, is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. There isn't a lot of news that's made in the world of bourbon outside of reviews of bourbons. That's what you'll find mostly on any podcast or in any website when you're searching well, for Unless stuff. you got a liquor store that's getting raided or you're a top, <laughs> top alcohol what did you, employee at, you heard You heard the story Oregon. Of, of Oregon, those guys and what they were doing. I mean, does that does that boil your blood a little bit, Dan, when you hear guys that do stuff like that? For those that don't know, it was the regulatory commission, the head of that, was tipping off the liquor stores about what was coming, and then he was going in and saying, hey, hold those bottles for right. me. Yep, I'm going to buy that. And Pappy was, of course, what was he was most after, what they were able to do there. Yep. Has anything like that ever, it's never happened around here, has it? You've never been familiar Not with Not that I'm like aware that? of, and, yeah. and I think for... From a from a retailer's perspective, I think the thing is, like, a lot of customers assume that's what we're doing. Um, and while I'm sure that there are some, and I mean, I have bottles that are in my collection that I would consider work perks of, Sure, I know it's coming in. And so if it's something that I have a desire to have within the bottles that I have at my home, then... It may not make it to the shelf right but away. But you're buying it still, right? Correct. I mean, you're you're purchasing it, so it's not like you're. Oh, I'm going to make sure this gets. You know, there's yep. nothing. That, that's not. That's there's nothing shady about that. Correct. In any sense. So I I you know I to me I'm like that's yeah that's that's your business that's your game and that's your perk. Yep. You know, if but he wants to take home time, a pack of T bones, right? Exactly. That, that doesn't make it to the shelf. <laughs> And and the stuff you've thrown out, I mean, you you've put stuff out there that that uh, you know is is kind of surprising too. You'll throw stuff on shelves, and people need to, well, if they shop there, they'll know that, yep. that you're the guy to go to. But um, does this happen a lot? It seems like the bourbon boom that's taken off now, it's just going to be kind of ripe for people to to be kind of shady like this. Yeah, I don't know. I think it probably happens more than what people really know and you know i i didn't really hear the details as far as how that came to the surface in oregon but i'm sure that those kind of things do happen more than whatever really makes the right. front page um but obviously up there it was enough to where it it made national news yeah um, well and that, it's, and that it's was still a been state a big employee exec throwing his power around right directing bottles of desire to certain locations and then putting a hold on them until he could come get them. I mean, that's, that, that's to me, that's a different level of, you know, a bottle of something coming into a retail store and the owner of the store going, well, you know, I haven't tried that yet. I'm going to just, I'm going to pay for this since you've already paid for it already. I'm just going to take it home. Well, if you want to do it, inventory, that's different to me. Go ahead and buy a couple grocery stores. Right. And uh, then you have yeah. <laughs> then you have the ability to do that too, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because you hear a lot about um, – there's one other podcast I listen to that they do a, a segment called This Week in Bourbon. And, right. And they'll talk about different news stories mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's, it's typically aimed at the retailers and – they they trash on the three tier system, which is really designed to protect these kind of things from happening. Where it has to go from the distillery to a distributor to a retailer before it's sold to the public. And 
um, you know, you hear a lot more about those areas where there might be gaps or issues. Sure. Um, how, versus how, three... state-controlled, you oh, know, where sure. it's directly yes. from the state to the retailer. And so they're, the state kind of plays that third party, but it's it's different. Yeah. Um, in a, in a three-tier system, you have to worry about the distributor taking some of these things home? I mean... I Legally, no. Legally, I mean, they can't, can right? They, they have to buy it from a store, right. too, right? Yep. And I, I think, in general, most distributors are big enough and there's enough controls, whether it's, you know, I, I know that anytime we've had shortages, they'll go back and they'll review footage uh, specifically oh, really? of... Yeah, like they're allocated rooms, like they're in locked rooms. Like there are only certain people that work for a distributor in the fulfillment center that have access to those bottles. Oh, wow. So if some of them disappear, they're, they will review it and figure out who the perpetrator was Correct. and deal with it. Yep. And so there's an R. Henry on the back of his jacket. What is that? <laughs> that's, that's why R. Henry does not work or have the key to the allocated room at the distributorship. Well, I saw a term in the news that I had never heard before that I thought was kind of interesting that uh, is common enough that it's you know used in the whiskey world. And it's a term that's referred to as sunken scotch. Have you guys ever heard of this? This is a term that's used to refer to liquid that's unintentionally aged at the bottom of the sea <laughs> after a shipwreck. And it happens enough, and they find enough of these, that it's given a term. Uh, they don't have a, a, um, a barrel term for it. But in the news that I've seen over the weekend, uh, past couple of days, is that there was a shipwreck, 1854, the Westmoreland. It sunk in Lake Michigan. 17 lives lost that night. And 280 barrels worth of whiskey that were on the ship. Now, there's, uh, there's, they haven't gotten down to it yet, but they found it. They discovered it. They said the conditions for it were perfect. Calm, very cold. The only issue was that it was all in wood casks instead of glass, I believe. Um, but what they're estimating is that if everything was preserved like it, 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 it they think it has been, that this hull could bring up 56,000 bottles out of that 280 barrels at a cost of $871 million. Wow. Is what could be sitting in that ship. I read this story, and I quit sending them to you because every time I send them to you, you yell at me because you've already seen it. <laughs> so do, does it have... Do they have any information on who the what the distillery they, was or anything? Uh, that's what I I searched a couple articles to find out and I couldn't. Hmm. Uh, but there is a distillery, and I didn't I don't remember what it was from the article that would be the As ones. Always were fully prepared. Yeah, al almost fully prepared. Well, always <laughs> almost fully prepared. There is a distillery that would get to manage it once it's brought up, and I don't remember which one hmm. which one they mentioned. If it's there and if it's available and if it's and if it didn't turn to. Fish. Sure. Pee. Right. You almost got there. Um, so what was well, it? I was, I was told I had to watch my language. We're going to start <laughs> running these on the radio. So there's 100, what, that's 160, 170 years ago, somewhere around there. How good could it be? If it's if it's still bottled and it's still sealed, and once whiskey is in the bottle, it doesn't age anymore. It's done at that point. Could it, w would you... Dan, would you, if a bottle of this was available, and let's say it cost, I don't know, divide 56000 by 
$871 million, would you would you buy one? If it was reasonable? I don't know. I'd probably want to go to the Windsor block and buy it. <laughs> I was going to say, just, we'll make Justin buy it, and then we'll right. have a sip. And... and then everybody gets to go down and have a little taste of it. <laughs> oh, that'd we'll be let perfect. Him, we'll let him bite the bullet. But how many, there have to be, God, I can't imagine the sunken ships out there that must have had stuff like that on it. But again, in, in, a, in a place like the ocean, I mean, it's destroyed when it sinks in there. It has to be in a place like one of the Great Lakes, or, I'm assuming. Or, or would it? I mean, would it depends on how it was bottled and how it was well, packed. I suppose. It, would the wood deteriorate? I mean, if not if, in those if, cold of waters, if, no. If the wood is essentially saturated, would it? Would it? And the temperature was low enough. Would would that? Would it be moving in and out to the point where it turned into? Yeah, you wouldn't think there'd be a whole lot brine? of movement of the. The whiskey in and out of the wood to develop that character depends on how aged it was when it sunk, but you wouldn't think there'd be much more development once everything became waterlogged. No, maybe not. Maybe, yeah. maybe we've got a new task for Jefferson's Ocean. Yeah. Oh, God. Sink a couple. But <laughs> <laughs> like, at the bottom of their pool. I think we've all come to the consensus that Jefferson's Ocean is is okay, right? I, I uh, Do you like it, Dan? It's been hit or miss for me. There's really? been a couple batches that I did enjoy. Um, the Jefferson's Ocean Rye I liked, um, but I don't know that I necessarily pick anything up that tells me it spent time on the ocean. It was yeah. just an enjoyable pour. Well, they are doing the next big gimmick for this is they're sending it to space. Did you see that one? I did see. Yeah, so yeah. there's going to be space whiskey <laughs> that we're going to be able to get. Yeah. Again, Justin, if you could just get a couple of <laughs> bottles of these, buddy, so we could try them. Uh, another thing I, I was looking for today, and I don't remember how the, the, the topic came up for me. I told it to you, but I already forgot. They had the, the most searched for oh. um, hard-to-find whiskeys of, like, 2022, 2023. And so I had the list here, and as I'm going down it, I thought, you know, it'd be fun to ask Dan how many of these he's actually had. My All guess, my guess is you've had eight of ten hmm. of these. Okay, can I? Can we'll start, and I want to see how many you've had. These are the most searched for, hardest to find right now that everybody's clamoring for, that they can't get their hands on. The Blanton's original single barrel. Yes, obviously. What about you? You've had it too. Eagle Rare ten year single barrel. Yes. We've all had that one. I can put that on my list. Four Roses limited edition small batch barrel strength. I have it. I have not yet opened it. Okay, that counts, though, because you have it. God, all right. <laughs> uh, the George T. Stagg straight bourbon? I've had it at Windsor Block. Okay. that's They say that's going $1,671. I put it in my allocated event this year, and then I tried it after the event right. and immediately regretted my decision. Why? Because it should have been one of those work perk bottles. <laughs> <laughs> but I got only got it. one, and so I put it in the sale to have a draw. And All right, so you're four for four. Uh, the old Rip Van Winkle handmade 10-year. I have a bottle, but have not opened Son it. Son of a... Uh, all right. The Pappy His, Van Winkle... His unopened bottle is considerably better than my unopened <laughs> bottle of... Uh, list, I think. Well, according to this, that bottle's worth about thirteen hundred, somewhere in there. Shouldn't be. Really? No. Okay. This. I wonder if this well, is secondary. That's the secondary. Price is that's secondary. Yeah. yeah. MSRP is like ninety nine dollars. Okay. On that thing. Uh, uh, the but, Pappy... No, not even for the for the old rip. It's probably 
MSRP is probably closer to 80. For the handmade tenure? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. What about the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve 15 year? I've had it. Okay. Didn't love it. Okay. One of our first, well, I think it was the first allocated event that we had as Timmins Market that was at the Airbnb at, at house. The yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I brought yes. that as a bottle share because I just, I had tried it and didn't love it. And so. You had a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle's at the bottle share. Well, we must and have had it then. Probably. There was maybe. one guy that poured like Four fingers <laughs> deep of the, and I had to take the bottle away from him. Did you know what that, because that was four years ago now, right? Did you know at that time what you had in that bottle? I mean, what? I knew enough to know what it was, but also, and, and maybe it was one of those that, you know, sometimes you hear all the hype of a bottle and then you try it and you're like, why are people so fired up about this? Right. And, and that's kind of how I felt about the, the 15. What about the 23 year then, which is next on the list? I've not had that one. One strike. <laughs> wow. Okay. Stag Jr. Barrel Proof. Yes. Okay. William LaRue Weller. Yes. And then the W.L. Weller 12-year. Yes. Had some over the weekend. You only missed I one. was right. You only missed the one. I figured you'd have nine of ten. I, I didn't I think, think you said was, eight. Oh, I did say eight, didn't I? Damn it. Okay. That's pretty impressive, though, Dan. Have you, um, <laughs> have you had all of those, uh, uh, an option to... Uh, to, to purchase, to, to, to sell, to put in the store at all? Um, I mean, some of those, obviously, you've had, but have they all come via your own, like, private collection, or? Most of them. The, okay. The um, Pappy 23, I believe, in the entire time we've had the store, we had one bottle and sold it. At, what did you sell it for, do you remember? Uh, MSRP, 300 bucks. Wow. Because that had that had on here for sixty eight hundred dollars was on this list. <laughs> yeah, thank God. What did that guy bring down the the pappy that he brought down it's that night? We were, His was the twenty. It was the twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it was old Stitzel Weller pappy. Yeah. It wasn't Buffalo no. Trace. Yeah, it was distilled. The, it was before the. Did sale. you like it? Oh yeah. What, is it is it better than the Buffalo Trace version? Do it's, you think? It's, it has to be. I mean, it'd be hard to tell unless, yeah. you know, from memory, I think it would yeah. be hard to determine. It'd be a lot nicer to try side by side, I think. Yeah. Well, he so said he like... has like another Stitzel Weller, <laughs> Pappy 20, and a Buffalo Trace, and they want to send us some samples. We'll, we'll we, do that side by side for science. We will give you a 100% name mention yes. on this podcast. <laughs> so the other thing that you brought into me earlier today was some of the stuff that people that, uh, were searching for something, and then the, there was a guy that was offering. Is that on yep, next on I've your list? Yep, I've got this. That is next oh, on my well, list. See, I, was, no, I, I thought this, that was the thing you that, forgot that was a, a second ago. That was a good to, transition, Rob. Trying to help. Rob's learning this whole oh, radio well, thing, and he's good. getting so much better at it. That's good. <laughs> Eventually, you'd think you'd learn the whole drinking I, thing better. No, I'm trying. You, I'm getting there. So close. We, we each got to be good at our own thing, apparently. Yeah, this was, um, this was uh, I, I thought... You know, when I when I come across this stuff on on social media or in news stories, I'm only, like I said, maybe seven years into this at at most, and so I'm a newbie to all of this, and I'm a very slow learner. So <laughs> telling me, <laughs> and uh, you know, Rob has picked up the pace quite a bit and and gets it, Since and of course volume. 
<laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> and you know, Dan, you've been doing it long enough, and and you've you've made a business out of it in a sense. So when I see this stuff, it's always super interesting to me. But I always want somebody else's take that knows a lot more about it to see if these guys are just BS or the stuff that I read is stupid. So if I have a personal anecdote from you or a personal, you know, somebody that really knows it, that's what I want to hear. And so this guy was talking about how hard it is to find these, some of these, like these bottles that we mentioned. We'll start with like the, the Weller Special Reserve. It's, I remember the first time I ever met you, I was going, coming out from Timmins. I was out there looking at something. I don't know. You had texted or called and you handed me through the car window, a bottle of of the Weller, the big, the 175, yep. back before it was even a th- apparently a thing. And it was one of the the best whiskeys I had I had, had up to I that point. I don't get that kind you of You didn't. I don't know. I don't even remember how it happened. I don't remember what the deal was. But you're like, here. And I'm like, well, I just can't take this. And you're like, I'm driving off. And then it drove, <laughs> drove into the store. I still have one of those at my house unopened. Oh, it's... It's so, it was, I mean, thank you, obviously. That was amazing, and it was such a good whiskey. Um, but his whole point was, it's hard to find this thing, so what should you drink instead? What is similar to it that tastes almost the same? So starting with that Weller Special Reserve, he said the Bernheim Wheat Whiskey is something that's, have you had the Bernheim before? Yeah, I have. Okay. Um would you say it's comparable? Would you recommend that if you can't find the Weller that this is something you should have instead? I don't know that I've ever tasted them side, side by, by side, side okay. to know. Um, Bernheim but, is what they would consider like a barely legal weeded whiskey. So it's like 51%. Oh, okay. So it, it just barely meets the threshold. Um, interestingly enough, they just released um, news that they're going to be uh, selling that at bat or barrel proof. Bernheim, um, much like the Larceny Barrel Proof and the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. See, I didn't say ECBP. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't bring in some pretentious acronym. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) Um, But they're just releasing that. The first release is going to be A223 um, released in February at some point in time for nationwide distribution, uh, which is cool, but also sad because one of the bottles on my list is a Bernheim barrel proof that I bottled at Heaven Hill when we were down there in April because it wasn't available anywhere else. So I picked that one in the Udo Bourbon experience down right. there. Um, and it's really good, but you can tell that it's a lower wheat. So it doesn't have that same sweetness as Weller. In in my opinion, Weller comes across really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would have a hard time putting those two as close Um is there a weeded that you would put similar to Weller? I don't. There's something about Weller that just stands out. Stands out to yeah. me. Um, Maker's Mark, maybe. Really? Um, because it is also weeded. Yeah. Uh, and then just standard Larceny is weeded as well. Um, I believe Larceny but, is another one they had that you could you could you should do instead of the Weller yeah. as well. Yeah. But it's yeah. Again, I have not done a side-by-side to see how close they truly stand up to each other. Okay. All right. The other one he had on this list, um, so many people clamor to get the Blantons, obviously. Yes. This is the one that just blew me away because we tried it. We did it on our, our bottom shelf series that we were doing. Not side-by-side. But... Not side-by-side because I didn't know they were from the same family. That's why it would have really been interesting to do this. See how new we are. No kidding. Um, ancient age. 
was what he said. He said, you'll 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 hardly be able to tell the difference. And I'm thinking, well, H&H is 15 bucks yeah. <laughs> on the bottom shelf. Yeah, same Nashville, I believe, just much, much younger. Okay. So do you get those? Well, the flavors obviously have to be vastly different, don't they? Just because of the, I mean, a two-year, if it sits in the barrel two years longer, don't you think you're going to get a little more of that, the Blanton's flavor, obviously? Yeah, I would think. And I'm, I'm curious, They, I've never seen one, but they have uh, an ancient age, I think it's 10 star, that's a little bit more aged. Really? Um, that might be closer, but yeah, I, if ancient age was on that first list, I would not be able to say I've had it. Really? Mm-mm. Do we still have some or did we finish? We have some downstairs. It uh, is downstairs uh, my, on the shelf. I'm my, almost positive. I'm guessing it's gone. I don't know that. <laughs> have to go. T- well, now I want to get Dan some ancient age. Maybe it's filled with moldy tea now. <laughs> no, we got Dan, rid of all those. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for the Weller, Dan. Here, I'm going to give you ancient age. <laughs> uh, yeah, we gave all of our backdrop bottles to a science experiment for the STEM yeah. folks at BH. Yeah, we were when we were filming last year. We the had smell, taken the smell was a yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know what we were thinking, and we knew going in that if we put a bunch of tea into whiskey bottles for an uh, you know video presentation, <laughs> it wasn't going to last a long time. <laughs> it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna sit well in those bottles, and it didn't. Just so you know, it sat well uh, down there for well, three for four a months. Year. Was it that long? Well, we well, did it. Yeah. We, we kind of forgot it, about it. Yeah. Well, then we changed venues again. And <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We did get rid of all of them, though. You got rid of all of the bottles? Did we dump did. them out first, or did he yeah. take them as is? Well, there was three of us. We were all dumping and rinsing. Oh, God. It wasn't, it so wasn't glad I wasn't super part of that. pleasant. All right. Uh, the other one on this list is uh, the bottle that I, the one bottle in my limited collection that I have yet to open, because I'm saving it for a very special occasion. Um, and that is that Eagle Rare 10 year. And his comparison was a whiskey that I know you and I have tried before and didn't particularly care for, but I didn't know there was a 10 year version of it. And that's the tin cup. So a tin cup, 10 year, this guy said he did a taste test with another friend of his. They both picked the tin cup thinking it was the Eagle Rare. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that I've had tin cup ten year? I don't know. That's a Colorado whiskey, yeah, correct? Well, it's I believe it's MGP. Okay, but it's bottled and Taken aged care of in it. Colorado. All right. Well, that would make a little more sense, maybe. Yeah. Now I suppose when you say it, that, yeah, it probably would. When the guys from Colorado go, "Hey, make me a bourbon that tastes like Eagle Rare." Right. I don't know. Is that how that works? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. All right. Uh, well, I want to, I, I, I'm i going to go get a bottle of Ancient Age and I'm going to bring it out to the store when you're out there, Dan. Right. We're going to sit down and drink that because that'll be my contribution to this whole thing because it's $17 well, and I can afford it. <laughs> well, I've got a bottle of Blanton's at home. I could bring it in. We should do that for sure. It'd be yeah. kind of fun. All right. Next time you're in, Dan, we're going to do that one. We could, okay? make, we could make Anna... Pour them blind. Oh, and... my God. Oh, yeah, we could, because she's not going to drink anymore. She says she's done with whiskey. She barely even gave a shot. <laughs> Tried it one time, and she well, was she, like, nope. She's poked her head in this window about three times. I kind of wonder if she wants something. Wants some more? She's going to have to wait. Okay. Um, all right, Dan. Well, let's talk about um, what's what's uh, what you're bringing to Mountain West Whiskey Festival, which is coming up on March 4th. Oh, I was going to bring my phone out, but you oh, done it. Oh, you have it on the list? 
Okay. Well, I talked to, I texted Dan earlier today. And... All right. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to be almost exclusively barrel picks. It is. For you. Excellent. It is. Okay. Um, I'm going I to I was kind of bring... hoping for that, Pappy 23. Yeah, sure. You can keep, you can keep hoping. <laughs> See what I can do. <laughs> or that Weller might be good. Yeah. I did not. I, I know where a bottle of that is, but Ryan would probably not be happy if I volunteered his one bottle that he likes to take out of the allocation every year <laughs> to the event. I but, get it. I mean, if he doesn't show up. I was going to say, how often is he around, Ryan? Off doing noble things. Uh, he does, yes, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> Helping the planet. Come on, yeah. Ryan. Uh, so I am going to be bringing the Timmins Market Ezra Brooks cask strength. Which one? Not, weird. not this bottle, one? But oh. it's our second barrel that we picked. Um it is the birthday pick. Picked oh. it on my birthday last year. Okay. Um, how does it How does it compare to what we're drinking here? I thought I really liked that one until I tried the second one. Um, and I still like this one, but the the birthday pick is much more um, on the sweeter profile. I think this one has a little bit more of the spice. This is pretty sweet, though, too. I, it is. Especially, you know, because I'll put the water in it. And maybe that breaks up a little of that spice and brings out more sweet. But this is, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the birthday one is even, it's got just a ton of caramel, vanilla, toffee. Just ooh. really, it does, and it doesn't drink 120 proof, which is dangerous. Yeah, um, <laughs> that brings up my next question: Is it caramel or caramel? Oh, yes, God. It's potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> What's next on your list? Is it gray uh, with an E, or right? An a? Uh, second one's going to be the Clyde Mays Redhead Rising. Uh, that's a five-year, 104-proof uh, rye that we picked. Who does um, the Clyde Mays? It's MGP sourced. Okay. Um, the distillery is one that I don't know how okay. to pronounce. <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> Clyde Mays is easy. Clyde Mays. Yeah, they, they definitely called it that for a reason. <laughs> <Right>. It's Alabama. <laughs> it is a... They, they do a Alabama-style whiskey, um, and it is the distillery itself is in Alabama. Do you know what makes it Alabama-style? I what don't. That means? Okay. Um, I've not actually ever had it. Um, I know at one point in time, somebody that was somehow related to the family that started the distillery is from the Rapid City area. Oh, really? Uh, oh, that's cool. very, very early on in our bourbon journey at the store, some guy came in and was talking to me about it. And at that point in time, inventory was available, but they didn't have any to send. It was in their system, I guess, for the distributor, but they didn't have any product. And um, it's become more readily available now. We carry the straight rye every day on the shelf and then did this pick. And I was really impressed by it. It's a 95.5 MGP rye, which is probably their most famous rye mash bill. But it's a really, really good. And I think the 104... um, is the perfect proof point for it. Okay, um, excellent. So those were both Timmins Market barrel picks. Uh, the other two bottles that I'm going to bring were both part of the the BRBN. Um, excellent. Picks, and so the Barrel Craft Spirits um, Tokaji finish. Um, it's an Argentinian wine barrel that they finish it in. Um, that's what, that's that what I think of when I hear Takaji is Argentina. <laughs> Argentina. <laughs> I, when when they said what it was, I would have assumed it was Japanese or right. something. But yeah, no. Um, and that one is 
for me was part of the reason that I wanted us to have something like BRBN in this area because barrel craft spirits, their their MSRP for almost everything's right around the hundred dollar price yep. point. And so to to be able to commit to an entire barrel of that was kind of always out of the question. Um just because you're you're looking at you know fifteen sixteen thousand dollar investment on a single barrel, um, knowing that the product's going to sit around for a little while, um, a little just harder, because that price point deters sell, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but unless you text me and then I come right out, right? Which <laughs> like, hey, I got about all this. Okay, um, when are you going to be there? <laughs> but that one, I I, I really want to have at at Whiskey Fest because I just think that once people get an opportunity to try it, it's so unique with that that Argentinian wine finish. Um, it's I, I was blown away. I didn't actually get to pick that when. Um, when we had the samples, there was kind of a time crunch. And so um, some of the other members from BRBN, they went to the Windsor Block and went upstairs with Justin and Mark, and, and they tried through the stuff that was available, and that one stood out to them. Now, the um, barrel, that's the one who makes the seagrass and the correct. dovetail and, and barrel and vantage. The barrel vantage. Okay, right. Yeah, their, their whole thing is sourcing barrels and creating something out of that source product, and, and they do a really, really good job. And obviously... Last year, seagrass was number one, number two in, yeah. in several lists. Uh, the Barrel Vantage finished really, really high this year. And I know we were excited to try that seagrass, I believe, last year we did. And yeah, we tried I was it. a little bummed out about it. I didn't like it as much as I think you were supposed to, maybe. But I know the, uh, the, dovetail, the dovetail I really liked, I yeah. ended up thinking that was fantastic. Yeah, so I'm excited for yours. Rye, though, right? It was a yeah. rye, but it was finished in like 14 different casks and blended, and <laughs> oh, like it was. There Did was you a like Martinique it? rum. So the standard seagrass was weird. I I tried it a couple of different times, and it's not off-putting. It's just different, and I don't know that it'd be something that I would really want. Uh, Gabe and I split a bottle of the seagrass uh gray label mm-hmm. uh, which is i believe a 15 or 16 year old rendition wow. um with the same blending technique and uh, it is really good okay um, and then they made a gold that is 25 years i've not tried it but i've heard good things about well, it maybe we'll have to give it a second go around try it again see what happens yeah it's uh the gold was, you know, it's a five hundred dollar retail bottle, so it's okay. So maybe we won't be giving this a second. No. <laughs> you might be. A, I know a guy with the with the gray label that oh, would do probably you? share a sample okay. or two. So. Well, tell us after we get done here who that might be. Yeah. Now, what's the what's the fourth one? And then bringing? the fourth one is going to be the backbone uh, bone snapper rye, uh, finished in cab barrels. <laughs> we were there. You we guys helped, were there. We helped we on that there. one. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I if you guys remember it the way I do. I felt like it was the best out of the lineup that night. I would agree. Because the other one was the uh, Southern Star, correct? Was yes. that that same night? And then the Southern Star came in, and I'm like, how did we like yeah. the Backbone Cab more than the Southern <laughs> Star? Because the finished product on that back or on the Southern Star was is just amazing. It's so good. Yep. It and that, good. yeah, the Backbone, that cab was vaguely remembering that night. <laughs> yeah. It did just, turn into a long just night. Just delicious, yes. though. Absolutely. Okay, so those are the and now, do you still have these for sale too? Yep. You still, yep. Okay. Yeah. Everything that I'm bringing better. is will have available after okay. the event for sure. Oh, that's awesome. 
All right. Uh, okay. So did we cover? Did we cover everything? So what are we up to now with with the addition of those four? What did I tell you the other day? Two thirteen. We're up to two seventeen. So two seventeen, almost two hundred twenty different. Whiskey's kinds, yep. give or take. Right. Uh, like we say, the uh, Platinums are all sold out. There's still some VIP available, some general admission, too. You can get the non-sampling tickets if you just want to come and eat, which is Enigma, which is a... They offer up a great dinner that night, which is well worth the price just to non-sample if you want to as well. Uh, are you going to be man in the booth there, too, Dan, or are you going to be walking around... I got people for that. Good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so if you need an extra people, I, uh, you know, I can be made available... About an hour in because I'm half done by that point anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> if you need somebody back behind there to help, let me know. Um, well, it, again, it should be another it should be another big event, and of course, we're so glad you're a part of it and bringing these barrel picks in, which is they're they're I mean they're unique. They're you know everybody's um, if you look at the list that you can look on MountainWestWhiskeyFestival.com, it's pretty impressive what's on there. But what I like to search for is these ones that are. They're one-offs, in essence, that you can't, you know, you're never going to be able to get another bottle of that Southern Star. It won't ever be the same again. Yep. Same with the Backbone and same with the the other ones you have on there. So that's what makes an event like this so cool is that ticket to come in and and just sample till your heart's content. Well, that is the big difference between, because uh, I tend to stay away from the single barrels when I'm at a store where I can't taste it. That's one thing that, you know, being affiliated with you has allowed me to do is to try it before you can buy it or try it before you buy it. So I've strayed toward the small batches a lot more than the single right. barrels because, you know, I want to be able to like the rest of the bottle. But Yeah, I think in general, if you ever walk into a store and they have single barrels that they won't let you sample before, don't buy it. <laughs> really. Well, I that mean, makes perfect sense, though. Of of the bottles that I have at home, a third of them are, are store picks from... Our store, obviously, um, when I find other good store picks here in town, I pick them up um, on the, the times where I'm able to travel out and see other stores. Uh, I'm more likely to ask for a sample of their single barrels if they have any available versus being the guy that walks up and asks if they have any horsey bourbon in the back. <laughs> you got some um, ancient age down there I can yeah. try that bottom shelf one? Just um, crack the seal? <laughs> and for me, again, it's, you know, as we've picked our barrels, um, I love to side-by-side side to see, you know, not even from a fear of did we not get the best of what was available from that, but just to see the nuances and, and how different they are. I've got um, our Eagle Rare single barrel. I've got one from Sturgis Liquors, and then I have one from Hy-Vee out of Sioux Falls. Oh, yeah. Um, that I've yet to crack the Sturgis Liquor or the Hy-Vee one, but at some point in time, I want to sit down and side-by-side side all three of them just to see how different they truly are. The Sturgis liquor one, I can tell you, is is good. Yeah. I I was texting Justin the night that I got it, um and complimenting him on how I thought the barrel pick went. I yeah. mean, it was it was it was tasty. Yep. Do you have is your BRBN network now, is it uh is it full or is I mean is everybody you want in it in it or or are there other collaborations you you, you might hope for? Um, you know, I think that, that I'm open to it. I think mm-hmm. that, um, for lack of a better word, it's kind of a fluid group. Yeah. Um, pun intended there. <laughs> um, well, because you've, I mean, you started it one way and you've added some others, you know, and some I think have, have gone out. Yeah, it's, so. it, it was interesting when we first started it, it was with the desire to bring in 
things like the barrel craft spirits and the backbone where I wouldn't have necessarily been as eager to bring in an entire barrel. And then, you know, within the first three months, we were able to source six different barrels. And um, so you're, if you have six people, you just each bought a barrel of bourbon, essentially, if it's split evenly. Right. But um, it's six different products. I but mean, it's six it's different, different products. And a, so a barrel worth of $100 bottles sitting on your shelf that... Correct. I mean, yep. you and know, so, it's going to take a while to get yep. through. Yep. So, and, and the variety of it's nice. And then just the availability of, you know, it, I'm of the opinion that rising tide rises all ships, mm-hmm. right? And so the better we are at bourbon in Western South Dakota and the more we're able to sell through those things, then the hope is that other distilleries start to take notice and, and, and we get even better, yeah, even more, better things more come out this way. Absolutely. Yeah. It even feels like from when we, you know, started this podcast just four years ago, um, it's, it's been amazing to watch the growth that's happening here in Western South Dakota. It's been a lot of fun to see that take off. Cause there was maybe just to me, then it felt limited maybe because I didn't know people like Dan and Justin and Gabe and these other people that are kind of involved in this, but now it feels like this is a pretty robust community and the people that are supporting it, even watching the people that came out to get, uh, you know, the bought tickets to your allocated event. I, that was the first one. Well, the second one, cause we did the first one with you at that, at that house. But, um, I was thinking, Oh, there's going to be, I don't know, 20, 30 people that come out and do this thing. And next thing I know, because how many tickets did you limit it to? Uh, 70 in Box Elder and I think 75 or 80 yeah, in, and it in was Rapid Valley. full. Yep. Every single ticket was out, and the people were just stupidly excited to stand there and hope that their number got drawn. And it was fun to talk to those people, and even the people that were at the very end of the list still didn't seem all that bummed about it. Yep. It was just kind of fun to be there and do this kind of stuff. Yep. So what you guys are doing is is only going to make whiskey fans in this area happier and you know they should absolutely support everybody that's part of that group can they get information on that anywhere dan yeah so we have a facebook page uh just brbn um that you can find and and it has the uh, member stores i'm not going to try to recite it off the top of my head (laughs) Uh, but everybody's on there um and then as we get new barrels that are released we post on the page and typically highlight who's taken it. Oh, um, excellent. Okay. And, and what they'll have available. So then what is your, you said you might have, you have one in the pipeline now? What's, what's yeah, your so next we, one? Yeah, so we picked a Knob Creek rye. Um, well, you guys were there. At the Knob no, no, Creek one? The Knob Creek was part of the Southern yeah. Star and the. No, Knob Creek was rye that, was the. Was a different one? The night where Ed brought that pappy down for us. Oh, oh was it really? Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't, I don't no, remember no. that night real well. There was a lot going on. There, there <laughs> definitely was. <laughs> so that's going to be the next one. Okay, and I remember the Knob Creek was the first uh, one you had brought into us. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. the rye, though. That no, was, that was no. just the... That, that, was, yeah. that was the that 180 was, proof. Well, yeah. Well, Here comes one. Ryan pouring a full eight-ounce pour of it, being, yeah, it's, it's yeah, delicious. You, you guys re- should try you, it this way. You really <laughs> do like ice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm new at this. Yeah, we've done two different barrel picks of the Knob Creek bourbon, um, and then this is the first rye okay. Knob Creek pick that we've done. Awesome. Um, Mountain West Whiskey Festival, March 4th. Tickets at mountainwestwhiskeyfestival.com. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming in again, man. I, Absolutely. I know if you wouldn't just stop being so busy, you could do more of these with us and it'd be fun, but whatever. Go run your two grocery stores, I, I suppose. Guess. 
thing you got to do. Timmins Market is in Rapid Valley, and it's in Box Elder. And, uh, you know, the, the liquor department that you've cultivated out there and, and the relationships you've made have made it a lot of fun. So thanks for being a part of this, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You bet. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey at Work. I am the producer and host, Mark Houston, along with Rob Henry. Our shows are engineered by Chris Jaquist, and the video and audio editing is done by our own Russ Haddon. If you like what you hear, we would love a five-star review wherever you rate your podcast, and leave us a comment as well. It's Whiskey at Work on the Home Slice Audio Network. Whiskey at Work.